The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is tuesday october 31st 2023 it is halloween and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mma fighting twitter spaces you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network what's going on everybody i am mike Heck. hope you're all having a wonderful start to your halloween a wonderful start to the week no one's having a better week right now then the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, one Francis Ngannou. Holy cow. It's still so surreal what happened on Saturday. Because here's the thing. I've had some people respond to tweets. I've had people respond to certain things I've said via DM. And it's almost like they're trying to get one over on me in a way because we talk about what Francis Ngannou gained on Saturday. I don't need to go through the whole thing because by now you know exactly what happened. Francis Ngannou knocked down Tyson Fury. I scored the fight 96-93 for Tyson Fury. I watched it a second time. The score remains the same, 96-93 Tyson Fury. But you know what? Nobody cares The scoring of this fight does not matter. It doesn't matter because Tyson Fury isn't the talk of the combat sports world right now. Francis Ngannou is the talk of the combat sports world. And I know Shaheen brought this up on the post-fight show. Ariel talked about it with the guys yesterday, and I completely agree. If this is like pride rules, if we're doing the pride rules thing, Francis won. 
France is freaking one. It's incredible. And it's wild to see how disappointed, like Francis is happy with how everything went. You could see a smile on his face, but you could also see a big part of him that's disappointed that he didn't get the nod. He thinks he got robbed. He thinks he got screwed. And a lot of other people thought he, thought he got screwed too. I'm not one of those people, but he was so competitive. And even some of the rounds that I scored for Tyson that others scored for Francis, you can convince me otherwise. If you scored the fight for Francis, I'm not going to get mad at you. I ain't going to argue with you or anything like that. It was a very, some of those rounds were really, really close. They were really close. But no one, except for maybe Francis and his management team and his coaches, thought he could do what he did on Saturday night. Nobody. Jed Mishu did, said he would win, but. We all know it was a bit. He said it said as much, but it's just incredible. Francis Ngannou, even though he didn't get the judges nod, he won. He won on Saturday. And the UFC lost a lot. They lost so much. A lot of talk about how much PFL gained from this. I know a lot of the PFL brass are dancing around right now. I don't know how much they won here. They have the chance to win. They have the chance to do something with this. But much like the PFL's last three or four years, they've had opportunities to capitalize on big moments and big things, and they have squandered those opportunities left and right. And I heard Don Davis on the MMA Hour, and I'll give Don credit because I have dumped on him quite a bit on this program and other programs. We spent 30 minutes on BTL talking about the awful graphic that he tweeted not that long ago about how good their promotion is doing in terms of numbers and viewership and social media and all that crap. But he was asked about Francis and what's compelling from an MMA perspective. And I was surprised to hear his answer on the MMA hour yesterday. He said, look, I think his next fight's either going to be in boxing or it's going to be a mixed rules fight with a boxer because there is nobody compelling for Francis to fight right now after what happened on Saturday. It's John Jones and Stipe, maybe. So he said, like, there's maybe one and a half heavyweight mixed martial artists that are compelling fights for Francis and Ghana right now. And I don't agree with Don Davis all that often, but I agreed with everything he said there because he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. John Jones is the fight. I know John's banged up right now. They got to figure out a way to put their egos aside. The PFL, the UFC, ESPN needs to step in the middle here and be like, look, yo, we got to do this. We have to do this because we're never going to get the chance to do it again. We have to do it now. Let's just put all the bullshit aside and do the damn thing. But we all understand the UFC is probably not going to do that. I am very curious to see what the UFC's reaction is to all of this. I'm very curious to see what Dana, Dana White's reaction is to all of this. Deep down, I'm sure they don't care all that much, but there is a part of them from a competitive standpoint as a promotion that's probably like, ah, fuck. Like, we could have promoted this whole thing. We could have gained so much from this, and they could have put on Francis versus John themselves after this fight. And that fight is so much bigger now than it ever was. It's so insane. It's so insane.
Last thing I'll say before I'll go to you guys. This is something that I said on Saturday on the post-fight show. I said a couple of dumb things on the post-fight show in the moment, and I admitted to such. But one thing that I stand by and I think is absolutely the truth here, while it would have been very cool to come on this program on Tuesday and celebrate a Francis Ngannou win, it would have been incredibly cool to be like, wow, Francis just took Tyson Fury to a decision and won. As much as I would have loved that, from a combat sports perspective, this was the best result that could have happened. Tyson winning a close decision like this, questioning whether or not it was a robbery, this was the best thing that could have happened for all parties. Francis comes out looking like a winner. His boxing career is way more fascinating than his MMA career, but PFL could still capitalize on this if they're smart about it. They're talking about maybe doing a mixed rules match with Deontay Wilder. Sign me the hell up for that. That's fun and interesting. Francis is a star. We're still going to get the Tyson Fury-Usyk fight. And some people are saying, oh, that fight's not as interesting as it was before. Are you shitting me? That fight is way more interesting now. Because I thought Tyson Fury was going to mollywop Alexander Usyk. But now, I think Usyk has more of a chance to win after seeing what happened. Or at least the promotion and the build towards the fight makes us feel like Usyk has more of a chance after watching Francis Ngannou go in there and for a lot of that fight, outbox Tyson Fury. So we still get the undisputed heavyweight title fight. We still get big fights for Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou versus Deontay Wilder, just the idea of that was kind of laughable before, but now it's like the fight everybody wants to see. This was a win-win-win-win-win for everybody. This was the best possible result in my eyes. It really was. We get it all. Everything we wanted out of this, we're going to, and even in the future, we're going to get it all. We may not get Fury Usyk December 23rd, but we're going to get that fight. It's way more interesting now. And Francis Ngannou could find himself boxing the winner of that fight in some weird way. It's so crazy. This is, this is the best. It is absolutely the best. But people were like, well, Francis lost, so why are we all celebrating this? Yeah, he may have lost on two of the cards, but he didn't lose on Saturday. That's for damn sure. All right, let's get into this thing. Let's hear from you guys. We're going to go for about 30 to 35 minutes here. So let's get to as many of you as possible. Jackson, kick us off. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Um, Good, man. How are you? I came on here a few months ago and – to be honest, I was a little bit depressed when I came on, just kind of thinking, man, I'm just worried there's not going to be anything, like, big for Francis. I'm just worried that, you know, as much as I support him leaving the UFC and, you know, taking the chance, it's just not going to pan out as well. Obviously, you know, that's a foolish take now. So now that I'm riding this high, I want to ask, if Francis ends up winning the heavyweight championship of the world in boxing, and becomes the undisputed champ, I think we need to start having the conversation that, A, he's the GOAT in combat sports. Above John Jones, above Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather and anybody else, I think you have to have the conversation, he's the GOAT. And it pains me to say this as a guy named after Bo Jackson, I think he's the best athlete of all time. If he wins the heavyweight championship, I think we should be saying he is the greatest athlete this world has ever seen. So I wanted your take on that. Have a good morning. That's about it. Thanks, man. I'll tell you what, 
there's two things you said there that I, that I want to get into. And I do remember you calling it a few months ago, uh, but you weren't, you're not going to be the target of what I'm going to say in a minute. And I'll explain in a moment, but dude, if, if Tyson, if, if Francis and Ganu becomes the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world in boxing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a conversation we're going to have to have, ladies and gentlemen. It sounds so weird to say out loud and probably very weird for you to hear it. And some of you are thinking about it and some of you are probably rolling your eyes right now, but it is a conversation to be had. What we saw on Saturday was what, like, honestly, as a, I'm not a diehard overall sports fan these days anymore, but for a long time I was, especially in Boston. I, and I watched freaking everything. Like I watched everything. What I saw on Saturday night, like I, I don't even know what I can compare it to. The only thing I could compare it to was, and it's a movie. What, like literally, this is Rocky One. Like that's this is Rocky One. Rocky comes in. Paul creates like a minus bazillion favorite. No one thinks Rocky has a chance. Paul's boxing him up. Rocky lands a knockdown. Rocky's competitive. Gets to the end. Everyone's celebrating Rocky. No one's celebrating Apollo, who actually won the friggin' fight. Apollo wins the fight. This was, other than Rocky, I don't know what to compare this to. I really don't know what to compare this to. It's friggin' insane. It's friggin' insane. You mentioned the other thing, and you were you were very good about it. A lot of other people were not very good about it. Uh, and I don't need to do the aerial thing where I call everybody out and pull up receipts or anything like that. But boy, Francis humbled up a lot of MMA fans and it was the best. It was the best. This whole notion that he fumbled the bag and all of that was so dumb even back then. Like it really was silly to even say that. Now, if you looked at it, him signing with PFL from a viewership standpoint and you were like, yeah, do I really want to watch France and Ganu fight rando PFL heavyweight that he's just going to run over? Yeah, maybe not. But to say that he threw away all financial opportunities because he made the choice to leave the UFC and not fight John Jones was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He got a way better deal from PFL. He's on the freaking board. He's got like management perks and he barely has to fight. Did you hear Don Davis on the MMA hour? He he doesn't have to fight MMA like ever again if he doesn't want to, and they will support him with that. You think the UFC is doing this for anybody? They're not even treating Connor this way. Yeah, they let him fight Floyd, but you think Connor, you, you think they're gonna let Connor just do whatever he wants and box anybody and get the support of the UFC? No. You think John Jones can get what he, Francis is getting from the PFL? Hell no. Francis is a man of his word. He's going to say, hey, I'll fight for you. But they're telling him, no, go box. Make that money. Maybe we'll do something fun over here. But even the own promotion is saying, hey, after what you just did on Saturday, we don't even need you to fight for us right now. We don't need it. Go box and make a bajillion dollars. The whole fumble the bag thing is so funny to me. And it's so much funnier now. 
And the other thing that I love too, because I got a couple of these, not certainly not as much as Ariel and Luke Thomas got, but this whole notion that the MMA media destroyed Francis Ngannou's career because we were happy for him, because we told him he should leave the UFC, because we told him we should do other things, that we supported his decision to leave the UFC, and it's all about Francis. And you know what? He shoved it up all your asses. Anyone who was a naysayer when it came to that, and this is just incredible. This is just incredible. I was so happy to see what we saw on Saturday. I don't need to do the whole victory tour like Ariel did, but some of those comments that I got and a lot of them that I saw on Ariel's show, and that was just a few of the many, many, many that he got. The MMA media destroyed Francis Ngannou's career after he signed the PFL. Oh, golly. There's going to be a lot of deleted Twitter accounts this week, and it's the best. It really is the best. I honestly don't need to see Francis fight in MMA again, but he will because he's a man of his word, but I don't need to see it. This is way more interesting. Heavyweight boxing Francis Ngannou is so much more interesting than MMA Francis Ngannou right now, unless, unless we can get the John Jones fight. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. J-Mac, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Um, yeah, so my question is... Um... First of all, I think UFC fumbled the bag because they could have co-promoted this and made a, a shit ton of money and 
And if he loses, so what? You know what I mean? It's like it's a big, huge fight, and they would have made money off of it. Now he's set up to fight Joshua. He's set up to fight Deontay Wilder. You know what I'm saying? He's got, he's got so many options now. It's not even funny. Um, as far as mixed martial arts go, the only fight that makes sense is John Jones. The only fight. Francis should not even take a fight unless it's John Jones in MMA. That's just a fact. Um, let's see. But my question was, um, if Francis was to fight Anthony Johnson or Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, or uh, Usyk, who do you think wins in all three of those fights? And who do you think has the best chance to beat him out of those three? I'll, uh, I'll let you answer that. Thanks, Mike. Man, it's so like it's so tough cuz I don't know. Like apparently I don't know anything anymore after what we just saw. And yes, can you make the case that Tyson had a bad night and maybe didn't take it seriously sure. But the man side the dotted line and he went in there and boxed and he knew he couldn't lose this fight. He knew how bad it was it would be if he lost this fight. Everything goes away. And you can see the look of shock on Tyson's face multiple times in the fight. So while I understand why after watching Tyson Fury fights, like maybe he did not, maybe he didn't take Francis as seriously as he should have. That doesn't take anything away from this at all. It really doesn't. As far as those other matchups go, like a lot of people feel like he's just going to run Anthony Joshua now because of how Joshua has looked in his last couple of fights. And I do think Francis is competitive with Anthony Joshua. Eddie Hearn is saying what Eddie Hearn should be saying. We only need three rounds. We only need three rounds to beat this guy and yada, yada, yada. And maybe he's right. I don't know. Wilder is the most interesting of all of them. And Usyk is a great boxer, but Francis is just going to be so much bigger than him. I don't know. I, I, I wish I could even answer that. I would be interested in all of those fights. If Usyk beats Tyson Fury, I want to see Francis versus Usyk. I really do. Wilder's like the top choice for me. That's the fight I think everybody wants to see. And Joshua's interesting because he hasn't been great. He hasn't been great, but if you compare the resume of Anthony Joshua to the resumes of really any other of these top-named heavyweights, you can make a strong case that Joshua has a better resume than all of them. You can make that case. But you could also make a case that what we've seen from Joshua over the last couple of years, maybe Francis can beat him. I don't know. There's a lot of options, and that's what's so great about all this. Francis didn't fumble the bag. He took that UFC bag, and he dropped it on the ground, and he just sprinted to a bigger bag. And then on Saturday night, he just took that bag and he found an even bigger bag and he took the bag and just put it inside the bigger bag and zipped that shit up and ran. And there's going to be bigger bags coming his way too. It's crazy what Francis Ngannou accomplished on Saturday. Dude is set. He is set. He might even be my fighter of the year. Like, I'm serious. I might make Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou might be my fighter of the year vote after what we just saw on Saturday. We're having internal dialogue whether or not we should rank Francis Ngannou back at heavyweight right now. But because he didn't have an MMA fight, the time lapse has come. He hasn't fought an MMA fight in over 18 months. We're having a little bit of a debate whether or not we should rank Francis. I think we're ultimately deciding we're not going to because that would set a weird precedent that he still doesn't have an It's an MMA rankings. But boy, Francis Ngannou is going to get a vote from me for fighter of the year. 
after what he did on Saturday. There's no MMA fighter who did anything more impressive this year than what Francis did on Saturday. Nobody. That includes Sean Strickland. That includes Islam Makachev. That includes Alexa Grasso. All did incredible things this year, but none of them even came close to what Francis did on Saturday. Nobody. So you can make a strong case that Francis Ngannou is the fighter of the year. Abzawalia, go ahead. How you doing? Go ahead. Well, yes, I just want to talk about Francis. A few things. Firstly, um, he did really good for his standard of um, being a debut boxer. You know, he had really good experience. I think he handled the distance very well, switched it up a few times, you know, landed a lot of good shots. I wish he did work on the head movement a bit and, you know, went for multiple range of shots to the body, you know, a little bit to the head, to the chest. But it's all right. This is a, you know, it's a learning experience. He's done well for himself. I also just want to um, mention two other things. I'll make this one quick. First one, um, the UFC, I really hope they learned their, um, their lesson in learning how to market a fight that is not named Conor McGregor or even John Jones and learn how to market some of the most um, valuable stars. Because Francis and Ganu, if this fight doesn't prove and show to anyone in the combat sports world, how marketable he truly was and how popular he really should be. Just just look at the type of famous people that um, showed up to this event. We had Ronaldo, we had Conor McGregor, all the biggest boxers in history, uh, Bivo, George Foreman, you know, all these guys. Uh, very famous Bollywood actor named Salman Khan, um, you know, Eminem, Kanye West. These are very big names. You don't see these people. LeBron James. Where do you ever see LeBron James ever watch a combat sport event? Maybe outside of, you know, um, Steve Miocha, John Jones, or uh, Anderson Silva. I've never seen people like him ever really watch even like, you know, Islam Akshay versus Volk or even a Conor McGregor event. You know, the, and um, to even think for a second, Francis was never capable of selling pay-per-views from all the fucking haters who love to talk so much of shit about his fight against Cyril last year. Please, go and watch some of his fights. He was the biggest prospect um, back in 2017, 18. For anyone this, you know, um, chat who's listening to me who was not watching MMA back then, he was literally the biggest prospect and the fighter that was being pushed the most by Dana White. You know, all his knockouts, all his fucking performances. Even after he lost to Steve, he literally built his height back. You know, he should have been where Khabib actually ended up... Um, you know, putting him... Uh, he should have been where Khabib actually is today in terms of popularity, followers and stuff. This guy is one of the most entertaining fighters, one of the greatest humans I've ever seen, one of the most respectful and honestly presentable fighters that can represent this sport perfectly. And I just want to touch on one last thing. Um, this is more from my personal viewpoint standpoint about how I'm seeing this um, very weird and flux about MMA fighters going to boxing and fighter pay. I think as much as I'm happy for France and doing what he did, did and he has definitely for sure changed the future of how many fighters are going to do some of their contract deals or even possibly open up the doors for unionship. I hope so because um, I, I think a lot of reasons MMA fighters, in my opinion, don't really care about the fighter pays because some of them come from foreign countries. So for them, some of that money they make is, you know, life-changing. I'm not here to necessarily assume stuff. I'm sure people do have big dreams, but some fighters, they're just here to fight. They don't really care about the business logistics stuff. But for others... We've seen, you know, plenty of them like Luke Rockhold, Sean O'Malley. They they care about this stuff. So I really hope. Uh, I think it's put definitely Dana 
and some of the other MMA organizations in Iran. And it's probably going to kind of force them to either play their cards very dirtily or the fighters are going to have to take a stand. Because if you saw Dean Thomas's comments there on Fighter Pay, he brought up the same points that Francis was talking about to Ariel Hawani earlier this year and why he, he chose on some UFC. You know, and um, boxing, uh, if anything, um, this really proves why boxing is a fucking dead sport. You know, if, if an MMA fighter who has barely done boxing in his life can put out that good of a fight. What what does that tell you about the state of the sport in general? I mean, it's definitely a lot to consider. Um, you know, I really hope we start to see MMA fighters be able to make the money they deserve, especially if you're the most popular and um, top of your comp- competition level as a champion. You should be making the kind of money that the top boxing sp- uh, guys make, even some of the top guys in soccer, F1 and NBA making. That's all I have. Have a great day, man. This changes nothing. I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this changes absolutely nothing. The fighter pay conversation is never going to change. It's never going to happen because you're never, ever going to get all these fighters together. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. And Dana's Dana in the UFC and anybody else who runs a promotion is not going to be like, you know what? Yeah, Francis, Francis deserved that money. We're wrong. Let's give everybody more money. No, it doesn't work that way. Like, I, like I've always compared it to. This is 1980s WWF. We're not going to pay you much, but we're going to give you the chance to make money. You get yourself over, you get popular, you make money. If you don't, you don't. That's where they're at right now. This is a baby. This sport is a baby. And the UFC is making so much money right now. Why would they change anything? No one's telling them not to. I mean, it's craziness. The other thing I'll, I'll touch on real quick is the whole marketable thing. France, I've said this for years. There is no easier fighter maybe in the history of the UFC. And this, this probably includes Conor McGregor. There was no easier fighter to market than Francis Ngannou. You don't even need him to speak a word. You just have to look at this friggin' guy and just show the knockouts that he had. That's it. It was so easy to promote this dude. You don't even have to, like his story's incredible, like all those other things. Yeah, you could have sold those and just put them over the top even more. But all you have to do is just show what this guy looks like. The only time they ever marketed this guy appropriately, they marketed him appropriately for him, but they kind of effed Stipe because they made the whole promotion about, hey, Make sure you order UFC 220 and watch Francis Ngannou kill this firefighter from Cleveland. And Stipe was like, all right, I guess this is the Francis show, not me. And he and and Stipe went out there and annihilated him to the point where he wouldn't even let Dana wrap the belt around his waist. He was like, no, 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 no. And he gave it to his coach and made his coach wrap, wrap, wrap that belt around his waist. Stipe was pissed about the promotion of that fight. But that was like the one time they really made Francis look like a like an absolute killer. And then he had the Derek Lewis fight and like, he never got that again. Even after he just wiped the floor with everybody he fought, including Cain Velasquez. I don't know. It's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. But I bet they're kicking themselves now. Good. Yep. What's up for us? Good morning. Uh, First off, I just want to say well said by Abzualia. Uh, he touched on the Francis Ngannou situation perfectly. 
we saw what happened Saturday night. We know who won, but boxing's going to do boxing things and, you know, give their guy the win. Uh, I just wanted to ask you real quick on the Bobby Green-Dan Hooker fight. I saw last night, I saw, like, reports of it. I didn't think it was, like, official, but I guess today they, you know, made it official as a co-main event, five-rounder. Is that true? Uh, it is true. It is, it is very true. Um, sorry, I didn't know. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, Armin Sarukian versus Benil Dariush is the official main event for that Austin card December 2nd. Dan Hooker, Bobby Green is the co-main event, but it will also be five rounds. That was from Dana White. He announced it. It was like super early in the morning, like 3 or 4 a.m. Eastern time that, they, that he went out and did the, the Dana yelling and screaming thing. So, yeah, that Austin card's looking pretty damn good. But, yeah, that, I'm sorry. Like, no offense to Bobby Green and, and – Dan Hooker, but Darius Surukian is the correct main event here. It's the correct main event. For sure. And as I told you guys, you know, over the last couple weeks, everyone kept asking about that fight. It's, um... They were never really done. Like, at first, I told you guys, like, Surukian Darius was, like, in the works, because Darius had done something with Luke Thomas and he said, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I think we're going to fight Sarukian December 16th. And I was like, yeah, it's not really what I'm hearing. And I was told that December 2nd, like there was talks about it headlining. And then I saw reports about Bobby green and Dan hooker being the main event. I was told that those conversations were happening, but it was like way too soon to actually report that that was a thing because, and I think we know why now, because this is the one they wanted as the main event. But man, it's a pretty damn good card. We got Darius Sharukian, five-round main event. And we're showcasing, by the way, the best division in the sport, which is lightweight. Then we get Dan Hooker, Bobby Green, great fight. Rob Font, Davis, and Figueredo, great fight. Sean Brady, Kelvin Gastelum, great fight. Misha Tate, Julia Avila, like that fight too. Khalil Roundtree, Azamat Mirzakhanov, Joe Selecki, Jakar Close, Wellington Terman, Jared Gooden, Steve Garcia, Melkaziel, Costa, Cody Brunge, Zach Reese. And we were first reported that yesterday. Clay Guida, Joaquim Silva, Jamie Lynn Horth, Veronica Hardy. Like those top five, six fights on this card are bangers. We were supposed to get Cannonair Delize on that card too, but torn MCL, not happening anymore. But Card's looking nice. It's a good-looking card right there. Joke. Go ahead. My last call really age. Uh, I believe I basically ridiculed everybody that said that this would be uh, contentious in any sort of way between Ngadu and... I know we, uh, we were all... Almost all of us were wrong, but I feel like I was basically shitting on everybody <laughs> in that call. So firstly, I want to say apologize to all of those folks. And then, because I'm a professional, I will just move on to the next week. I'll just roll with the punches, and I will say this. I have this co-main event in Sao Paulo between... I believe this is a co-main event. Uh, Nicholas Dalby and Gabriel Bonfim. 
the more I look at it, the more I think that the Brazilian slayer Nicholas Dolby can get it done. Why? Because he has only been finished once, and that got overturned because you know the guy popped for uh, performance-enhancing drugs right after that. And we've seen Nicholas Dolby in dire straits. Like uh, his fight against Ross Houston. For people who haven't seen that, uh, his last fight in Cage Warriors. Go watch it. it. It got stopped because there was too much blood on the canvas and they were skirt, uh, like going around. But Nicholas Dolby was ready to fight on. This guy is a beast. And Gabriel Bonfi has only won by finish. He is a fast starter and he, almost, he always gets people out of there. But Nicholas Dolby is not one you just get rid of. So this is what I will say. I think Nicholas Dolby can get this done. I think he will continue his Brazilian streak and, oh, God, man, then he's almost the top 15 guy. It's a bit too late because of his age, but he's going to be up there. So good luck, whoever gets him next. Thanks, man. You make a really good point. I got to say, I haven't looked at the betting odds for this card just yet. I'm looking at him now. I gotta tell you, if the uh, the twenty dollar gambling genie came down and said, "Here, here's twenty bucks to bet on this co-main event," I'm betting on Nicholas Dalby. Tell you that right now, plus four forty. That line should be closer than that. Like I'm very high on Gabriel Bonfim. I think he's a really good fighter, but plus four forty is just too juicy. Derek Lewis is plus three eighty. That's kind of juicy too. Like, give me straight odds. I'm picking Bonfim and Almeida. And I'm obviously, you all know how high I am in on Jelton Almeida, but Derek Lewis is tough, man. Plus 380, there's value there. Nicholas Dalby, plus 440, there's value there. Vince Pichella, plus 380 against Ishmael Bonfim. I think there's value there, too. Yeah, there's, there's value all over the place here. So it'll be an, it'll be an interesting uh, no bet spar to listen to this week. But yeah, I can see it. I don't know if I'm confident to pick him to win, but I would bet him at plus four forty. Wouldn't go crazy on it, but I would take a shot at it. All right, so we got Eric Black Belt Henderson and Panda all lined up. Those will be the final four calls today. Eric, go ahead. What's up, man? Frankie McDonald should have won that fight because. Brandon McDonald did everything to knock out because in that round that Brandon McDonald knocked down Tyson Fury. So yeah, the judges I don't know what I don't know what the judges are thinking, but Brandon McDonald won that fight completely. And 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 now he's calling out Deontay Wilder for an MMA fight. I think that's I think that might be I think that's going to be good. I think that might be a PFL or some some other organization. But good fights. Thanks, guys. So Don Davis said on the MMA Hour yesterday that the plan would be like a mixed rules fight. He said like the rules would be determined, but I would assume it would be everything's good but takedowns. But that would be super fun. That would be super fun. And there's talks going on. He said there's two guys in, in line for a mixed rules fight. 
and that Deontay Wilder is one of them. I love that idea. I, I mean, look, as I said earlier, if you scored it for Francis, great. I, I don't have a problem with the card. Uh, I did not score for Francis. I didn't score for him live, and I didn't score for him in the rewatch. I, had a, I, I was on the 96-93 Fury bandwagon. But it's not like those weren't runaway rounds for Fury, though. That's why I said, like, this is this was the best possible outcome for everybody. For it's like it, it just was. Francis got a, Francis loses a competitive fight that a lot of people are going to defend that he won. We're still going to get the undisputed heavyweight title fight, and Francis's stock is through the roof. Like this could not have gone any better. And we can play as MMA people. We can play the Pride Rules card all we want, and it works here. Pride rules, Francis won the fight. Francis landed the bigger shots throughout the fight. Francis got the only knockdown in the fight. But boxing isn't scored in pride rules. They're scored round by round by round. I thought Fury won most of the rounds. I heard Dan Hardy's scorecard. I'm like, don't really know how you got there. He gave Francis the first four rounds. I'm like, yeah, dude, don't. Maybe a little, uh, maybe a little home cooking there, Dan. Is that just? I didn't see that. But it was a great fight. This is a great result. This is a tremendous result. There are no losers here. I mean, Tyson Fury won, but he lost, and Francis lost, but he won. It's just tremendous. Anderson, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning to you, and happy Halloween, my favorite day of the year. Um, I'm so happy for Francis, uh, just that he was able to succeed in boxing and also show the world that he's a very talented striker when he doesn't have to worry about takedowns or uh, any of the other martial arts, you know, and not even kicks. So I think he has a future in boxing and just as a future to make money in boxing because he's such a sight and like around the world, people love him. So I think he's going to do really well. And it's just nice to see him as a UFC champion now making so much money. And one thing I just saw that came out was with this UFC lawsuit, a lot of contracts are already starting to leak. So I think, or not even get leaked, just get exposed through the lawsuit. So I think we're going to see some really, really crazy stuff. Um, and I, I was, I just got on like late. So I don't know if anyone already mentioned the Khabib contract that leaked or, or was exposed in the lawsuit. And it's absolutely insane. Like, uh, it's the contract that he signed right before fighting RDA. I'm pretty sure. And it was a 20 and 20 contract. Uh, and with like the escalator clause in it until he fought for the title, he was only making 30 and 30. So, that's ridiculous. Like Khabib in his prime making under $75,000 with the win bonus. Oh, that's brutal. So I'm sure he made some other money here and there. And I'm sure his government actually is probably helping him out with a little bit of funding and stuff, but it's just so sad how these UFC champions are so taken advantage of that. They have to go to boxing to make money. But in this case, at least Francis was able to achieve that dream. And I think it also is a good sign for uh, the Diaz brothers that they can, they can escape this world and make some money. So want to hear your thoughts on that and uh, happy Halloween. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's going to be the, the lawsuit's going to be real interesting. We're going to see back and forth between the UFC and managers, which is going to be really interesting. There are certain managers who are probably holding their breath right now in regards to what is released as exhibits in that 
lawsuit, but yeah, I saw the I saw the Habib contract and I wasn't like really shocked by it. I mean, it took a long time for Habib to become the Habib that retired as champion in 29-0. A lot of people, and we did a whole damn on it. Like a lot of people thought Habib was just like a boring fighter who got hurt all the time. And then he and then it became well, Habib's the boring fighter who wins but gets hurt, but now can't make weight. And then he all those narratives went away when he just started running fools and getting finishes and winning the belt and getting a personality. Like the to me, the Michael Johnson fight is what changed everything. I think the Michael Johnson like obviously the Connor fight is the most is the biggest fight of his career. It's the most watched UFC pay-per-view of all time. Probably will end Probably 10 years from now, it'll still be the most watched UFC pay-per-view of all time. But to me, the most important fight of his career to even get him to that point was the Michael Johnson fight. Because he was, Habib was screwed then too, remember? Remember, there was talks about Eddie and Connor, and they couldn't get it together, so they were going to do Eddie versus Habib for the lightweight title, and Habib was like, yeah, I'll fight him. We're going to have this fight. And then the UFC only did that as a negotiating ploy to make sure Connor signed the contract to fight Eddie. And then they bumped Habib to the prelims to fight Michael Johnson. And he beat the shit out of Michael Johnson. And then cut the promo about the chicken. He's talking to Dana White in the corner. Like his corner's trying to tell, like Josh Thompson's trying to give him advice about how to, he's telling Michael Johnson, like, I have to fight for the belt. Boom. I have to fight for this title. Boom. In the corner before round three, Josh Thompson's like, hey, man, you got to do this, this, and this. Habib ain't listening to him. He's yelling at Dana White. <laughs> He's yelling at Dana. And then he cut the promo at the end. That was everything. That tur- that was the turning point for Habib. It was never the same again. He became He was a made guy that night at Madison Square Garden. Crazy. But, yeah, this lawsuit's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. I guess this is like maybe the one drawback of all of this is that like every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to win one UFC fight and they'll be like, all right, I'm going to box and they're just going to call out a name and no one's going to care. I just don't like, I want to see these guys get opportunities, but I just don't want to see like, hey, I made my UFC debut on three days' notice. I want a split decision. I want to fight you, Floyd Mayweather. That I don't want to see. That I don't want to see. Uh, Panda, take us home. Because I get to go. Four Corner Sports, I see you there, but I don't have, I'm don't. i not going to have time today. Uh, but you'll be first tomorrow. My man, Mike. Thursday. Panda, go ahead. My man, Mike, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, so I'm here to just kind of weekly, as I do, take my shit with my bad takes because I thought that Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou was going to be a blowout. And, uh, Mike, it was a blowout. For Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury just sat there and he stared at him. Francis was actually going forward. Francis was actually landing strikes. One day I'm going to need to sit down and take a boxing judging class because, Lord, not only did I not judge that fight right, I can never judge a boxing fight. Secondly, um, I agree with you with the Nicholas Dobby take with the plus money. I do not agree with you with the Derek Lewis take. I think Francis N- uh, not Francis Ngannou, geez, mini Francis Ngannou, Jonathan Almeida, who is also a tank, is going to absolutely annihilate poor Derek. I think Derek got his 
rise to fame back a little bit. He got his stock going back up with the flying knee, which obviously Derek Lewis's stock. I mean, come on, this guy is a freak. But long story short, if you're going to put him up there to kind of, you know, boost somebody's stock, Jonathan is the guy. I think Jonathan gets it done in one or two. All right, Mike, have yourself a heck of a week. I mean, you're probably right, but I just don't think, I think this line's too wide. Derek isn't a jujitsu guy. He's a, I'm going to power my ass off the ground guy. And then he's just going to throw hands at Jelton Almeida. Like, we know what Jelton's going to do. He's going to throw a kick. He's going to shoot a double. He's going to try to take Derek Lewis down. And then he's going to try to take his back and strangle him. Jelton's very good at that. Jelton has not been punched in the face by Derek Lewis before. He just hasn't. He just hasn't. And if Derek hits him, I'm very curious to see what that looks like. Very curious. Do I think Jelton is my official pick going to be Jelton Almeida submitting Derek Lewis? Yes. Probably will be. But from a betting perspective, Derek Lewis really, I mean, he just has to land one good shot and, and change the tide of this entire fight. So I think there's value at plus 380. I'm not confident in it, but I think this could be lined a little closer. Minus 420 for Jonathan Almeida. I would say like plus 350 or higher, it's worth a shot on Derek Lewis. It really is. Like it is. There's just value there. That's all. That's why I'm looking at it. And again, as the theme of this entire show, good for Francis. He did the damn thing. And it's going to be real interesting to see what he does next. He deserves his flowers. And he hopefully will continue getting them. And it's again, I'm going to be real interested to see what the UFC side on all of this is going to be. I'm actually going to be talking to John Anik and Stephen Thompson later today. I will be interested to get their takes on it. Uh, I'm supposed to be talking to a pretty big name on Friday. I will obviously get his take on it as well. It's crazy times, my friends. But I got to go because I got to get ready for those interviews. So thank you all very much. We'll be back on Thursday, Four Corner Sports. Like I said, I see you. You will be first on Thursday. Or whenever you hop in, you will jump to the front of the line. Everybody else, back 10 a.m.-ish Eastern on Thursday. We'll also have BTL Thursday. We'll get you ready for UFC Sao Paulo. So much more MMA Hour on Wednesday as well. You know that's going to be a good lineup. It's going to be a hell of a week, everybody. So thank you all very much. Enjoy the rest of your Halloween. Have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.